The tenant that they lived in had once been a single house, but over the years it had been divided into more and more tenant. Now every room was filled with a family, sometimes more than one. Nothing was ever repaired unless the tenants did it themselves. The place was like a furnace in the summer and an icebox in the winter. It was dark and damp, and the hallways smelled of garbage and human waste. After a while, though, you got used to the smell and only noticed it when someone mentioned it. The stairs leading into the building sagged in the middle, and its roof was barely held into place. New tenants would all always hesitate before going under it. They would look up in the expectation that it would fall on top of them. Old-timers said it had been that way for years. Katie and Michael had been lucky to be able to get a place they didn't have to share. Their place was small, but it was always neat and clean as possible. As you entered their tenant, there was a small alcove with a small table. On the table, there was a crucifix and the statue of the Virgin Mary. Above it was a rosary, which hung on a nail Michael put there. The rug on the floor in front of the table was well-worn with clear marks of knees on it. There was a small wooden table in the kitchen with a bench on each side and a chair on both ends. In the other rooms were two chairs that sat next to each other, almost touching in the front at a point. The one chair was clearly made for a man in mind. It was large, brown, and sturdy. The arms were worn and stained with dirt and sweat. Over the years, the seat would sink down where he sat, becoming well-shaped for his body. A rocking chair that Michael found in the street and repaired sat next to it. When the children were young, Katie would rock them to sleep in it. Over the year, the cushion that Katie had made for it would become faded and threadbare, the color changing from early spring rose to the rose of a dying in the heat of the summer sun. Across the back of the room, a robe was hung with curtains hanging down, separating the living area from the bedroom area. On one side, Michael Jr., Danny, and Patrick slept, while Katie and Michael slept in the middle, and Mary, Mary slept on the other side. Their beds were pallets that Michael had brought home from the dock. They were covered with mattresses stuffed with straw. They each had a wool blanket to keep them warm in the winter, and a cotton one to protect them from the bugs in the summer. The pallets were raised off the floor and away from the rats and cockroaches that ran throughout the tenements. Even with the pals, though, bites still happen, especially when the children were young. No matter how often Katie cleaned, it was a losing battle. The filth from outside found its way through the cracks between the windows and the windowsills and under the door. The dust and soot, along with the cold air in the winter, and the stench of the street in the summer. They had two oil lamps Michael had found, but they were rarely lit. That first year had been rough. Michael's job at the talk didn't pay much, so Katie started to earn some money with her needlework. One night she was working on a piece by the last remaining sunlight when she noticed Michael staring at her. What are you looking at, Michael? You and how amazing you are. Blushing, Katie said, thank you. I'm sorry I teased you about this when we were younger. That's okay, I thought it was a waste of time too. I guess my mother did know best. Michael was always amazed how smart Katie was. Far smarter than he ever would be. He only had a strong back and a quick wick to rely on. Michael had learned early working in the docks to keep his mouth shut 
and his ears open. He had seen too many men get in trouble by opening your mouths at the wrong time. He had a knack of knowing when and who to talk to. He worked hard. Did what he was told and didn't ask too many questions. Still, despite the fact that both he and Katie worked, there would never seem to be enough money or food. This was especially true when the children started coming. I should be able to support my family with how hard I work. We're fine, Katie would tell him. We have a roof overhead and food on the table. Yeah, leaky roof and barely enough food. I do the best I can, Katie said with a hurt look. Oh, Katie, my love, I'm sorry. I know you do. Micah would often tease Katie about her cooking when they first got married, though sometimes he went too far. He had to admit that over time, Katie had become a very good cook, who could make dinner from a few scraps of meat, leftover vegetables, and potatoes. Michael knew how lucky he was to have her. Katie also began to appreciate Michael's steadfastness even more. Michael Jr., Mary, and Danny came one right after the other. He loved them all dearly and tried his best to keep them warm and fed, but he knew at times he failed at both. Both Michael Jr. and Mary were explorers, full of energy, and by the time they could walk, they were spending most of their time outside running through the neighborhood and the market. Katie helped to organize the women in the neighborhood to keep watch over each other's children. More than once, Michael Jr. came home, his face red and lips quivering. It's not fair. I can't have any fun. Only to receive further punishment at home. As Mary grew older, Katie tried to keep a tighter grip on her. Katie was well aware of what could happen to a young girl, especially one as pretty as Mary. I'll watch after her, Mom. Katie sm smiled at Michael Jr., who at age 11 was a spinning image of his father and growing like a weed. I know you will, Michael. Me too, shouted nine-year-old Danny. Well, of course you will. You're both my little heroes, and I know that you'll always be there for each other. Both Michael and Katie knew how to read and write and do basic math. Michael had been taught by his mother. Katie, who had been able to go farther in school, taught him even more. Both Michael and Katie believed that education was the key to their children's future. They had seen too many friends be cheated because they couldn't read and were too proud to say so. Unlike many men, Michael knew, he believed this was true even for his daughter Mary. He had seen firsthand what happened to single women with no skills. They were lucky they went to live with their relatives. Many younger ones ended up as prostitutes. Both Katie, but especially Michael, was determined that all their children would attend school as far as they could. This wasn't always easy. Mary would often come home crying, Michael Jr., Danny, and then Patrick with bloody lips and torn clothes. Do I have to go back? Michael looked at his oldest son. Yes, you do. Why? Matt doesn't go to school anymore. First, Matt is two years older than you, and he's learning a craft from his father. Second, and more importantly, both your mother and I decided before you were born that all of you, including your sister, would attend school and get an education. A lot of people have fought hard for you to have this opportunity, and you are not going to waste it. Michael tussled his oldest son's hair. I know it's hard, son, but I know you can do it. I will, father, said Michael Jr., looking up with his eyes filled with determination. 
the only thing Michael could do was smile and hug him. Danny was different from both Michael and Mary. He was always quiet, even when he was an infant. As soon as he could read, his head was always in a book. He much rather spent his time at home with Katie or reading than going outside. Danny, go outside with your brother and play, Michael. Michael, watch your brother, okay? Do I have to? Yes, you do. Oh, well, hurry up, you stupid head. You're a stupid head. Michael, Danny, outside with both of you. And now I exasperated Katie said as he pushed them out the door. Michael could always tell what kind of day Katie had by how much she would bang the pots and pans when washing them. Hi, love, Michael said as he started to wrap his arms around her waist. She squirmed away and turned around with a spoon in his hand pointing at him. Don't you get any ideas, Michael Shannon. When you get ideas like the one you're having, I end up handling the result. Who is it this time? No, wait, let me guess, Danny. Yes, she said, finally dropping the spoon. God, no, I love that boy, but he can drive person mad to madness with his all his questions. Ah, he drives me crazy too sometimes, but I hope he never, never stops asking questions. I know, but what will happen when we can no longer answer his questions? Well, then we'll have to find someone who can. Danny came running full speed through the door. Michael likes Raven. Michael likes Raven. I do not, shouted Michael Jr., who's right at his heels. All right, you two, calm down, Michael said as he grabbed both of them. Who is Raven? Ah, she's just a girl who works with her mother in the market. Michael likes her. I do not, Michael howled as he hurt, lunged toward Danny. Danny, stop teasing your brother. Go get your sister. She's with Mary, at, with May at the, her shop. All right. I'll go get her, as he bounded out the door. He stuck his tongue out at Michael Jr., who replied in, in kind. Michael and Katie just looked at each other and shook their head. Katie picked up Patrick, who had been playing on the floor. You're going to be a little angel, right? Patrick just looked up her and smiled. At times like these, the only thing Michael could think was, was how blessed he was, and thank God for it.